The governors in Kansas and Missouri sign a peace treaty. Is the border war really over? I'm Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board. We'll talk about that and incentives in business next on Deep Background. Well, greetings. You're on Deep Background for August 14th. 2019, Dave Helling with the Stars Editorial Board, along with my co-host Leah Becerra. As always, Leah, thanks for coming. And Kevin Hardy, business reporter for the Kansas City Star. Kevin, welcome to Deep Background. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to be here. Well, uh, we don't always get two governors in Kansas City at the same time. Uh, but we did this week when um, uh, Laura Kelly and, and Mike Parson, one a Republican, one a Democrat, one a man, one a woman, one left-handed, one right-handed, came to Kansas City to sign what everybody said was a truce or an end to the border war and incentives. Um, was, was it a legitimate thing, Kevin, or was there less here than meets the eye? You know, I think it was a a legitimate move and it was a major step but the questions there's still a lot of questions out there about what this will ultimately mean uh how enforceable it is how lasting it will be uh how much politics or um economic development uh ambitions may get in the way of this agreement but for right now it seems to be um it seems to be a real uh, agreement on both sides but uh of course there's still lots of questions out there yeah let's set the table first we have been the butt in kansas city of some national attention and really jokes john oliver did a whole segment on kansas and missouri kicking the crap out of one another offering tax breaks and other incentives to companies to in essence load up the truck and drive about 500 down the 500 feet down the road and set up shop was that a caricature of what was going on kevin or is that a pretty good reflection of reality in kansas city over the last several years you know there's probably more nuance to it but that's that's a reality that was happening and i think um a lot of detractors point to like the amc move from downtown kansas city missouri to leewood which was aided by, I think, more than $20 million in taxpayer incentives. Uh, and we've had just some recent projects in the last couple of weeks that have come to light of companies that are border hopping, not creating new jobs, not create, not expanding the Kansas City regional economy, but still getting taxpayer assistance in those moves. So yeah, there is a, that, that is a legitimate, uh, a legitimate claim, I think. And why should we be worried about it? I mean, why was there such a push, in your view, or was there a push, to to end this competition? I mean, does it really? I mean, some people would say, well, who who cares? I mean, it just you know, it's they're moving across the state line, and there's a few tax breaks involved, but it doesn't really affect me. Sure, that's a fair question. I mean, incentives are controversial by their nature, but the economic development argument has always been that we we gain more than we pay that we are you know there's a net advantage to investing in a new new jobs new plant a new factory a new headquarters that if we can you know bring more jobs bring more people we'll have a, ultimately a larger tax base we'll have more tax revenues and grow the the regional economy but these sorts of jumps don't do that these sorts of jumps uh, they erode, bragging rights, right basically. they erode the tax base 
and they don't grow the economy. So there's a net net negative there for taxpayers. There, there was a lot of bragging rights, really, in the competition, wasn't there, uh, Kevin? I mean, you'd get releases from both sides, and Sam Brownback would you know, brag about 100 jobs coming across, and then Jay Nixon, the governor of Missouri at the time, would, would do the same for, for jobs coming across. Right, and that's I think that's common for governors across the country, that if you know, if Texas is going to get a, a big jobs program from, from Missouri, they're going to celebrate that and they're going to say what a success that is. But here in the metro area, that state line really, uh, really muddies the waters quite a bit because our economy is not defined strictly by the state line. All of us live in the wider regional economy. So this week, the understanding was that, uh, Leah, that this, uh, this uh, agreement would stop this. Do we really think it's going to stop? <laughs> well, didn't it say it would it would limit it? Yeah, there were some caveats, weren't there? And and, and by the way, either state can pull out yeah. whatever they want. But talk about that a little bit, Kevin. Yeah. So the 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 new mantra is that incentives will be based on new net jobs. So if a company is crossing the state line and not creating jobs, in theory, they're not going to get state incentives. Uh, the question remains what the local municipalities will do incentive wise, because that is a part of the part of the economic development picture here. But there were some caveats. There are, uh, you know, hotels and, and retail and other things are, are exempt from this, so we don't really know how that will play out. We also know some snuck in sort of at the last minute, and we don't have details on those, but companies were, were still hopping the border as of late last week, so <laughs> we don't know exactly how that will work. But And it, the agreement is... Um, is not forever, it's not permanent, and either state can really pull out, so who knows how the politics may. Well, the other thing that's important is, I think we should note this, is that the cities and other subdivisions uh, that have the ability to hand out tax breaks are not party to this agreement, right? It's just the state and the state programs that are available to these companies moving across state line, but Kansas City and Overland Park could go to war tomorrow if they wanted to. That's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, Kansas Governor Kelly did point that out in her executive order where the she, she really asked the Missouri side cities to equalize their incentives with what's available in Kansas, because right now, local incentives, there is a disparity between yeah. the states. But didn't you get a sense, Leah, during the mayoral campaign that people are really we've talked about this and other we had Steve on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that people are really getting tired of handing out all these goodies to people. Right. I think the sense that I get from comment sections and whatnot is just that people see their tax dollars being spent on things that aren't necessarily impacting their lives in a positive way. So we're people who live in Kansas City are worried about things like rent increases and buying a home and school districts. So when you see tax incentives going to businesses, you kind of don't see what's in it for you. Right, and I think in Kansas City particularly, there's an argument that, that you know, don't spend your time on these things. Spend your time on other things that if you can fix streets and improve your schools and make better neighborhoods, businesses will want to come organically. You don't, in essence, have to bribe them to do it. And that seems, Kevin, to increase, increase the pressure uh, on Mayor Quentin Lucas, who just took office, and others... Uh, as they re-examined incentive policy in the in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think that's true. And he, he, even yesterday, you know, he's showing an interest in really paring back some of those incentives. I think we'll see how how much teeth sort of come to play in that in that dynamics. But 
Um, it's, it's a real question, and I think Leah made a good point that the average taxpayer sort of has these concerns that I'm not getting this tax break, but these big companies are. And the same is true for small business, medium employers who sort of see the big corporations getting these huge benefits where they're paying their fair share, you know, and they, and they right. feel that that's inherently unfair. Right. Did we get the sense, Kevin, yesterday that there's any broader meaning to this in the states of Kansas and Missouri about the use of incentives? I talked to both governors at the news conference and sort of asked, well, if this is bad in Kansas City, why isn't it bad everywhere? I mean, what are you doing handing out big incentives in other parts of the state? And both of them were pretty robust, it seemed to me, Kevin, in defending the idea that governments still have a role to play on things like a GM plant in St. Louis or Clay Como's Ford plant or star bonds for for quote-unquote tourist developments around the area they didn't back away from that at all didn't seem to me right and it was really interesting i mean hearing them defend sort of broadly the the use of incentives given that the keynote speaker yesterday was uh, from brookings institute talking about how incentives really aren't um, a long-term good investment for states and, and cities that we should be putting more effort into things like education and innovation and entrepreneurship, that those are the things that are going to really set up cities to to prosper in the 21st century. Our economy is changing fast, jobs are changing fast, and you know the speaker was really urging both governors to think very differently about incentives. And right, and they both said, man, not so much. I mean, they heard her and then, in essence, re- endorsed uh, continuing on the path they're more or less on. Right. I mean, they both said we need to look at our programs. We right. need to be careful about how we think about them. But there was not a sense that these programs, by and large, are, are, a, bad out, thing. are a bad thing. Yeah. And, you know, Leah, that's what fascinates me most is I think we saw this first in the controversy surrounding the Amazon headquarters in Queens, where, in essence, the people sort of said, no, we don't. We're not going to hand out these breaks to a billion-dollar company to come here when, by the way, they'll increase rents and they'll make the streets more crowded. And they'll and push they, people out who were living there before. Right, right. And that was, it seems to me, sort of the canary in the coal mine or whatever analogy you want to use for people saying we need to be a little more focused on the implications of what we do rather than just handing blank checks to those companies. And maybe that feeling has come to Kansas City a little bit. Maybe. It's it's hard to gauge whether, I guess, that story of what happened in Queens is really the same with Kansas City. Because, I mean, we do have a different situation. We have the ability to still sprawl a little bit and to still create more housing, whereas in that area, you know, there's a finite amount of building space. Right. But part of it was also just the idea of, hey, this is a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. They ought to be able to do this on their own. And I do think I get a sense that maybe that that argument is coming increasingly to other communities and that Kansas City and broadly maybe Kansas and Missouri are the same way. Now, when when GM comes to the state of Missouri and says, we're thinking about closing the plant in St. Louis unless we get these breaks, no reasonable politician can walk away with from that, can they, Kevin? Um, you know, I, th- I think that, that few are prepared to do that. I think that those are really high stakes, and at the end of the day, governors still want to show that they're doing something to, to grow their economies. They want to have ribbon cuttings and announcements, and they want they, the role of governor, the role of mayor and chamber of commerce is still 
very much defined by some of those things, I think. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, and no politician, no governor wants to go on television or talk to the newspaper and say, in essence, well, I could have kept GM from going, but, you know, I feel so strongly that incentives are a bad thing that we let these high-paying jobs go. Hopefully they have a better PR person well, right, 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 <laughs> when you right. say that. Well, actually, you know, uh, it, we uh, on the editorial board endorsed the GM incentives that were passed by the legislature of Missouri earlier this year, in part because we were enthusiastic about the incentives for the Claycomo plant, and it's sort of hard to say we want it for our plant but not for yours. But it does make the point, doesn't it, that not all incentives are created equal, that you have to really in some ways judge each project on the merit rather than say these are all bad or all good. Absolutely. And I think it seems to me, at least, that part of this agreement kind of for the Kansas and Missouri agreement kind of takes that into perspective. So basically there's this idea that there are other incentives that Kansas or Missouri could give to sort of bring businesses in that don't include these programs, these incentives, and I don't really understand what those would be. As far as other pro- other incentive is programs? There's always a way around this is what I think what she's asking yeah. in some ways, right? And is that right, Kevin, that that uh, you know, where there is a will, there is a way to, to put uh, you know the public on the hook for some of this stuff. Right. I mean, we don't know what lo- lo- local municipalities may do. We don't know. You know, you mentioned Overland Park or you know Lee Summit. We don't know how those communities might react to um, some sort of border war competition that companies may instigate or their local officials may instigate. Um, we also don't know what's going to happen when a company that, say, employs 500 people moves across the state line and adds five jobs. Does that mean they get the whole, they get the whole kit and completely yeah, yeah, right? right? So we right. don't know how that's going to play out. My sense is that that's going to be somewhat controlled for that they're only going to incentivize a certain amount of jobs that are new, um, and the states have agreed to share that information. But as we know in Kansas, that information is very hard to come by right. as far as incentives. So we just really don't know how it's going to play and, out. And, and by the way, and this is, we should point this out as well, this agreement signed in Kansas City only deals with the competition to take jobs and businesses across the state line directly here. Kansas and Missouri will still compete with incentives for businesses that come from other parts of the country, right? I mean, if right. you want to move from Chicago, Kansas, or Lawrence, uh, Lawrence or Wichita, there's <laughs> no, nothing to stop the state of Missouri from going after those businesses. Right, and and that's particularly true, and I think w- bears some discussion in the competition, whatever we think it is, for the uh, Department of Agriculture, which has uh, announced plans to move some jobs from Washington to Kansas City, and we're all excited about that. As an aside, it, it, I'll believe it when I see it, but but let's assume for a minute those jobs are coming here. The states can compete for that, and in fact, the governors talked about that yesterday. Right. I mean, there was no sense that these two are are ready to walk away from that competition. They both, they both embraced that idea, I think, of competing hard on the merits of their own states and being competitive. So, um, and, and we don't know exactly how the USDA process is playing out since there is um, you know, the, the General Services Administration is really involved in that behind the scenes, finding which which side of the state line that agency will land. But certainly that competition is, is continuing to some right. extent. And, and just I'm on the editorial board, so I can say this. The foolishness of that competition is breathtaking because, in essence, if you lower the rent for USDA, you're saving taxpayers money across the country. 
but putting it on local taxpayers who have to make up the difference to pay for the incentives, that seems, I don't know, Leah foolish. <laughs> I look forward to the details, and I, I even more so look forward to the reaction from readers and from people living in this area about what really ends up happening with the USDA. Right. I think people are more lukewarm about that than, than we might have thought earlier. Yeah, it's... I mean, I mean, there's sort of community pride and, oh, we, you know, we love Kansas City. But when you get beyond that, people are saying maybe this isn't the best thing for the country. It almost seems like initially when the announcement was made that the USDA would be relocating people to this area, it was seen as a positive because people were thinking, great, that means more jobs for us. That means more people paying taxes. But then, obviously, Kevin, as your and Steve Vokratz reporting, kind of went deeper into this issue and a lot of not so good things were reported, people around the Kansas City metro area started to see that, okay, well, maybe this isn't as positive as we once thought. Right. There, there likely will be some positive economic benefit to the, the metro area because those are high paid, highly educated jobs, but we don't really know what, how many will end up working here. We don't, we know that few are following the agency across the country and, you know, the, the, Political motivations of that have been really questioned on Capitol Hill. Democrats accusing, you know, President Trump's administration of really doing these sorts of moves to to harm the research that's done at these agencies. So th- there's a lot more than meets the eye on that. I think people, gener- you know, are generally like Dave said, happy to have it, but there is a lot more going on behind the scenes and just what that means for those workers who have built lives and families in careers in D.C. that, you know, really had a month to decide if they wanted to move across the country. That's been, I think, I think people here understand how complicated and difficult that is. Hey there, it's Leah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Kansas City Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a Deep Background listener. Subscribing at that URL will get you three months of unlimited digital access for $1.99 total. You get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. It's a pretty sweet deal, plus you'll be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So grab your computer or mobile device and go to KansasCity.com background. And hey, thanks for listening. Mayor Lucas and KCK Mayor, Unified Government Mayor David Alvey were at the ceremony on on uh, Tuesday. Um, it, you know, we, we talk all the time about Kansas City, Missouri, but Kansas City, Kansas, and Wyandotte County is a unique incentive discussion, too, because of the legends and all of the money and star bonds and all the stuff that went into really building western Wyandotte County. Um, and, and he seemed, you know, David Alvey seemed, uh, you know, not 
not as opposed to incentives maybe as you would expect because of that experience did you sense that as well that that the use you know he, he sometimes we leave kansas city kansas out of this discussion but they've used those incentives pretty aggressively there right they have and i didn't get a, a chance to talk to mayor alvey yesterday yeah. so i don't know how he felt about the, this the particular thing, discussion right? but yeah they've definitely um used star bonds out there at the legends and village west and um in some ways, that's an interesting case study because that's one of the more successful, right. you know, uses of that incentive program across the state of Kansas, as we, you know, reported a few weeks ago. That right, program and Star Bonds is very is, iffy, right? Right. There's right. a lot of explain to concern. people what that is. Right. I mean, Star Bonds were created essentially for the uh, Oz Entertainment uh, or theme park years ago. That never happened. That never happened. Um, but the idea is that you create a unique destination that draws in tourists from across the state and from out of state, and you sort of build that up into a, a wider regional attraction. And there's been some success there in in Western Wyandotte County with the, the Speedway, with all the shopping, with now Sporting KC, that they can really show that is doing kind of what that law intended. But then across the state, though there's a lot of concern that that's just being used really to subsidize retail development and other things that that developers want to build but just want essentially right. a taxpayer aid and it's not really well understood why incentives for retail are particularly questionable because in essence uh, are the argument is the, uh, essentially that they're just shifting spending from one place to another and so the net loss is obvious if you're providing incentives when somebody buys spends ten dollars here instead of there you haven't gained anything at all and right. that's why there's some people questioning star bonds or anything related to them right and retail is in such a flux right now that right. Um, investing in in big box you know brick and mortar retail having taxpayers have a, a, a hand in that seems questionable to a lot of people in the legislature, right. I think. I will interrupt here for a brief story about the Speedway in Western <laughs> Wyandotte County because I think it's interesting uh, when we talk about the Missouri-Kansas dynamic because I went to the news conference the day they announced the Speedway, which was the first part of the whole development out there around the legends. And uh, Carol Morinovich, who was the mayor of Kansas City, Kansas, was going to make the big announcement, and there had been a rather intense competition between Kansas and Missouri to get the speedway uh, on one side of the state line or another. And to everyone's surprise, Mayor Emanuel Cleaver came to Carol Morinovich's news conference to congratulate her for winning uh, the speedway, even though Missouri had competed for it. And there was this sense of noblesse oblige, you know, the big brother telling the little sister, oh, good on you, you got this, <laughs> you got this racetrack. And then, of course, five years later, Kansas City deeply regretted not getting the racetrack because of the development it did bring. So, again, it is a case-by-case -case thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and we're also seeing, you know, star bonds used right now for the American Royal relocation from uh, Missouri to Kansas. Uh, and that's something that developers in Missouri and government officials in Missouri really don't like the Star Bond program because they feel that that's an unfair advantage. Right, that they don't their have peers similar have in that in Kansas. Right. Um, so we, you know, we asked Governor Kelly about that yesterday, and she broadly defended that program and said she would look at it, but didn't think that that was really playing a role in border crossings. But I guess we will see going forward. All right. Final question: Do we? 
Does this end it, Kevin? Do, do we now have a piece in our time and now we're, we all settle back? Or do we, uh, do developers, I mean, it does seem in some ways they can be relentless about pursuing these opportunities to get the public on the hook for their private jobs. Right. I think that there is definitely a sense of kumbaya at the moment, but we'll see how long that lasts and see if there are ways of getting around that and how how much companies are developing. You don't get the sense, Leah, do you, that the, the public sees it as kumbaya. Maybe the, they're not in a kumbaya mood. I did, before you answer that, I did get a kick out of the announcement yesterday when um, I think it was Governor Parsons stood up and in essence said, this is what happens when you get Republicans and Democrats to work together. I hope. I hope that other states, I hope Washington, D.C., takes a good look at what happened here today when two, when a Republican and a Democrat governor can sit down together and do what is right for the people of our states. And I hope they take it up. The applause was loud and sustained, which I thought, Kevin, maybe you disagree, was a reflection, really a reflection of people's frustration with the government in Washington, unable to do anything. Right, and Governor Parson pointed out, I hope people in D.C. can see what we can do together when right, we... Right, right. Um, yeah, and th- th- that in some ways is remarkable in these times. So, But you don't get the sense, do you, Leah, that people are in a kumbaya mood uh, in Kansas City on this or really any other subject? I think they're just waiting to see how this really impacts them at the end of the day, because it's very hard to tell right now. And ultimately, when the streets get better, when you can afford to live where you want to live and all of those things, that's when you're going to be happy. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think we all want to be happy. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Kevin Hardy with the stars. Uh, uh, business desk. Thanks so much for coming in and chatting with us about this big moment. And Leah Becerra, thank you as always for joining us on the podcast. I'm Dave Helling with the Stars Editorial Board. You've been on Deep Background. Mm-hmm.